Well, my vacation is wrapping up, and it's been pretty fantastic. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm going to go in tomorrow for a little OT. Then I'll have Saturday, Sunday off, so it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. For sure. Figure out what route I'm driving. Go from there. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So today, we're going to talk about diminishing returns in martial arts. Diminishing return. This sounds like a uh, more of a financial podcast than, <laughs> than actually martial arts. Listen, it's are, a bit, what's your four one one k looking like these days? I sure as fuck hope it doesn't have a bunch of diminishing returns. In it. Oh my god, yes, good <laughs> lord. Oh, uh, yeah, no. So yeah, but it's just, it's it's applying the idea of diminishing returns to martial arts and martial arts training. And I know that, you know, I love it because I'm, I'm, I have yet to really hear from anybody who's listening to the podcast more than just some immediate people who we know, like personally who listen to it. Sure. Um, but you know, like I haven't heard from sort of a wider audience. I haven't received any hate mail yet. No, or, I get all know. that. I, I'm the one that takes care. <laughs> By the way, um, I do have our Instagram up and running yes, again. Man. It's KF conversations. Um, don't go to KFC. Uh, that, that is the acronym for our podcast. Uh, I don't want to fight, uh, chicken conglomerate. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's KF conversations on Instagram and yeah, we also great. have a Facebook page. Yep. So yeah, check us out on Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say hello and, uh, try to answer some questions if you have any, or if we know of it or we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Say hi. Yep. And, you know, we're going to start posting these on YouTube as well. So um going to get on all of our platforms. Got to get our social rolling, right? You got to block those comments because everyone's going to be like, the little short round <laughs> one. He's so full of shit, which I absolutely am. So, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, but this idea of diminishing returns really started to like occur to me. Um, it was actually a conversation that I had with Tim Carmel about, uh, Santi, as a matter of fact. I actually, it was, was it really was about, it that. was about standing. And, you know, um, uh, one of the seminars that I was lucky enough to go to that, that, that he was teaching at, uh, he talked about, uh, the idea of standing and, you know, and I asked him specifically, well, you know, duration, that's always a big question in terms of standing in Santi or doing like pulse post standing or, or, you know, doing any kind of like any kind of standing practice, you know, cause it's a, it's a pretty fundamental piece of a lot of internal martial arts. I think you could even throw horse stance training into that. Yeah. You could probably, yeah, some Shaolin stuff, you know, I mean, I guess you maybe you could even broaden that out and say Chinese martial arts has a fair amount of standing, um, you know, just standing in different stances and, and holding those stances to, to create all kinds of different outcomes. So I'm not even going to get into that, but, but the idea that, uh, you know, and, and his advice around that was that, you know, 40 minutes was, was about as long as you'd want to stand. And I, and I, I, and I asked him a little bit more about it and I was like, well, you know, why? And, and it was this idea of diminishing returns and the fact that, if you stand longer than that, it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily gain the same benefit over time, right? So you can put more effort into standing longer, but the benefit that you will gain diminishes. And I think that that's a really important concept. I think it's an important concept in life, but specifically if we apply it to martial arts, you know, there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time doing really, really specific things. All right, I'm going to I'm going to hop in here and let's talk about push hands. And mm-hmm. let's talk about, you know, even chi sao. We're going to lump that in there uh, with my little wing chun training. You know, a lot of people 
in the Tai Chi world that I know will spend a majority of their time doing a form and doing push hands. Or a lot of the My Wing Chun buddies out there will do the form and then do push hands. And push hands or Chi Sao is just one piece of the overall puzzle, especially if you're training these for some kind of uh, martial proficiency. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one of the things that I really like uh, training is entry drills. Mm -hmm. Now, um, now they're going to come from like a standing drill or a stationary drill that's very cooperative with your partner. And then we're going to move it into a footwork drill, a little bit like we do in, in uh, our class over there mm -hmm. in Boulder with the Shingi and the Bagua. So, you know, you'll start off stationary and then you're going to move it into footwork and then you're going to move it kind of almost not, not quite a free rondori, but real close to it where you're just sticking inside of the drill or maybe somebody's throwing at random mm -hmm. and you're having to stay within the drill set or what, or whatever hands or legs you're using, whatever it may be, even a takedown. And then, uh, from there you try to, you try to incorporate that into free sparring. But I, I find that a lot of, a lot of schools out there will just spend a majority of their time either on the form and then the push hand method. Mm -hmm. And they're missing a lot of valid training as well as knowledgeable training and insight into how your system works with sparring and entries. Yeah. And drilling. You know, um, I hear a lot of my Shingy friends out there. Um, I was, uh, BSing with Paul Andrews and he's like, man, you, He's like, the forms are great, but you got to have good drills. You, and and, and it, he's like, a majority of Shingy is drilling, you know, and then getting into the free sparring for the fighting. Mm -hmm. And he's like, unless you're doing the drilling and, you know, the sparring, you're going to miss key pieces of the overall of what it should be. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. And I think that, uh, you know, it's really, um, it, you know, it, it, it just depends on what you're focusing on. Because there's a lot of people out there, especially in the I, I find in the Taiji communities, who are um, they don't really give a shit about being able to use it. Sure, you know, yeah, and it's or they be able, or they're really into using it within their context. Mm. So, like they 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 play a very specific game, like say push hands, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know whatever style of push hands. Because there's a bunch of different ways to do it, right? But they do their push hands. And then that's just, and they're fucking phenomenal. At it. Sure. Yeah. I remember that I was, I was, uh, this was years and years ago. There was a, a, a woman who did, uh, like Zaobao Tai Chi, right? And it's a, it's a, like a chin style kind of derivative or offshoot. And, uh, you know, I'm six two, you know, I think back then I was like 190. And, um, I think she was probably five, five, maybe. About and, my height? Yeah. Maybe, actually, maybe a little smaller. And, you know, she was a student at CU, but she had spent a lot of time like studying this particular style of Chen, Chen Tai Chi. And we used to hold uh, like a Saturday morning push hands, um, open push hands, um, just group. Uh, we used to host it over at this uh, Kung Fu school over in Boulder for years. Um, we did lots and lots of push hands with lots and lots of different people who would show up. Um, and she was one of them. And it was – I had the most fun with her. She knocked me on my ass. Right? <laughs> I love that. I yeah. do. I, yeah. And, but the thing was, is it was, it was like I, I was, you know, I wanted to play. She because she wouldn't play my game. Like I, I played Rosho, right? And sure. so like rolling hand style. Sure. So it's that's more, and it's more dynamic, and the feet move, and there's you know there's a lot more opportunities free flowing are, a little that bit are created from being able to move the hands and move the arms. 
Anyway, long story short is, is I played more of her like Chen Taiji game and she was so good. She was so smooth at it. It was just, it was just, just the power that she could get out. She just knocked me down again and again and again and again. She had a blast. She had, she was just the best thing ever. It was like <laughs> my train, my old training buddy, he was bigger than me. And, and, and she just, she had the great, she had a great time just knocking us down like all morning. But to, to, just to say that like, um, she didn't want to play my game. Right. She didn't want to play my style, but I, I was, ha- I was willing to play her style and she was really good at it. And I of course was terrible at it, but it's because she had invested a lot of time and effort there. But I guess to sort of bring us back to the topic, it, it becomes interesting because, you know, if, if, I mean, if that's what you're, that's what you're going for, you know, is to be good at push hands or just to be good at, you know, the sort of grappling aspects of, of whatever art, maybe Taiji, um, you're going to, you, you know, you're going to end up with a very specific skill set that may not address, you know, other martial skill sets that are, you know, important to other people. So for me, it's really, I, I really had to start to think about like why it was important, why, what the, you know, what the context was, but moreover, like what, what's the return on your investment? Like, okay, well, I think for a lot of people, it's like health. You know, it's recreation. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's something to do. It's a hobbyist. It's a hobby. You know, I'm a hobbyist. I have a day. I have a proper day job. Sure. I don't have a proper day job. I have one where I work six days a week, 60 hours a week. <laughs> There's not, nothing proper about say, that. That's not yeah. a proper day job. Well, you know, let's get into that a little bit and diminishing returns is, um, you know, one thing that I do love about the way you teach and then the way I've been taught Wing Chun is the variety of training. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I have so much variety of training in the Wing Chun. Uh, right now, I'm goofing around with the knives and the pole and the wooden wooden dummy. I've mm-hmm. got Maria set up in the living room, and uh, the roomie's been good enough to let me uh, have that in the living room and uh, make some videos and goof around with Maria. So that that's my focal point right now. Mm-hmm. And with Maria, not only am I doing the form. The Maria wo- is the name of his Wing Chun dummy. Yeah, I've got a flat body Wing Chun dummy. Yeah, I'll have to put a picture of her up on the uh, website. Yeah, man. Uh, you've been posting some good videos as well. So those are private though. That's, I hear you. So yeah, you. if you get, if you get access to those, um, then uh, let me know because you're not supposed to. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, but the the thing is, is I can practice entries with mm-hmm. Maria with the weapons and hand method. Okay. So I get to practice that. Uh, I can practice a goofy version of sticky hands, like the single sticky hands. Uh, I can isolate those mm-hmm. and, ju- and just kind of imagine that the arm is doing a certain motion, things like that. It's never as good as a partner. A partner is always the best. Especially a variety of partners, different sizes, different weights, different abilities. That is always the best. But I have so much variety of training. And I have an hour to two hours a day at most. Sundays are usually my full days off and I'm either goofing around with you guys or um, goofing around with the Xingyi guys. Or if I take a day to myself, I'm going to pick either Wing Chun, Xingyi or the Bagua that I'm learning from you now. Mm. And I'll, I'll do that in isolation for my isolated training. But, you know, that being said, I've, I also weightlift, um, a lot of kettlebells, a lot of Indian clubs and things like that. So I guess I, I would say where I'm going with this is I enjoy the variety of training to train a whole body, you know, power as well as keep it interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. But one of the best ways to maybe not overtrain in an area is keep a, keep a, keep a log 
I, I, one of the best things uh, that you can do is one, take notes when you're in class, if you can, or at seminars and two on your own training. You know, if you want to random train, that's fine, but at least catalog it and see, see if you, if there's a pattern that starts to emerge, you know, oh man, I, I've been training entries for like three months straight. Maybe I need to go back to the forums and work on those, dust those off. Or, you know, I've been training just the animals in Shingi for a few months, you know, with a little bit of, uh, shofa work and a little bit of the footwork. Um, maybe I need to dust off some of the standing practice that I do. Maybe I need to dust off some of the five elements mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, I've, I've got, you know, um, uh, what is it? Power generation methods with the elements. Why can't I think of it right now? Um, <laughs> I can't think of what I'm trying to think of, uh, with the elements, just those isolation power drills with the elements. Maybe I want to work on those or certain things, but I think one of the ways that you keep from overtraining in certain areas is keeping a log mm-hmm. and that allows you to keep track of what you're doing. Sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, that this, uh, this diminishing returns idea really started to hit me when I, I was watching, uh, I was watching these Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys and like Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys are generally like super talented and super amazing, especially like at the high levels where they do like professional, professional level competition. Um, you know, and a lot of the, the sort of subtleties of course were probably lost on me, but you know, I started to think about it more from like, I think it was, who was I watching? I was watching maybe Renner Gracie, like do one of these video commentaries as well. Like after that. And I started, you know, like the things that sort of work on, it, it will work all the time are not the things that work like at really super high levels against another high level jujitsu player. They've seen it. Yeah, you know, and everybody, everybody's got the the basic stuff really good. They're, they're, do, they're really, really sort of proficient. And, you know, I started to apply it to my own art. And then I, I thought about a story from uh, – it was about Guo Yunshen, the Xingyi master. And the story goes like this, and who knows if this is true or not, but I think it's a good metaphor. So Guo Yunshen, uh, like, originally, like, only learned, like, five, the five elements – and he was really talented with those and he would, he, he didn't, he didn't figure like he had to learn anything else. He was like, yeah, whatever. I don't need to learn the rest of that stuff. But then he went to go sort of, uh, meet with his older Kung Fu brother. I can't remember which one. And his older Kung Fu brother just like, just they, you know, they sort of crossed hands like in a friendly way and he couldn't, he couldn't land his Bung Tuan. He couldn't land his Peach Tuan. No divine crushing fist on that day. Yeah. And it was because this guy had the rest of the system. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, he had spent the time and effort to learn the animals. And, and, and so, you know, like William Shen reached this point, like where he, he had really become very proficient with his five elements. And he's like, well, screw it. I don't need any, I don't need anything else. This is, you know, why do I need to spend the time and effort on the rest of this stuff when I've already, I'm already good and I can defeat all the people that I know. And so it's sort of this argument against this idea of diminishing returns because, he and then he went and subsequently and he learned the rest of the the system. He learned the animals specifically and probably some of the two man sets and blah blah blah. But he really it really made uh, a difference in his gong fu like over time, and it really made a, a, a you know it really expanded like you were saying sort of expanded his his repertoire of technique and his idea of what the system was um, because he invested the time. But did he need to invest the time? Probably not because he already had enough technique and he was already good enough to probably defeat most of the people he came across. So, you know, it's, 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 
I always look at this idea of diminishing returns as like a big bell curve. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, once you get through a big chunk of the system, whatever system it's, whatever system it's, you're, you're learning, you're going to have your, hopefully, and if your idea is to be proficient in however they measure that, whether that's your form is good or whether your push hands is good or whether, you know, your, your, your martial, you know, application is good. That's fine. You know, you can use whatever gauge of measurement you want, but the reality is, is like once you spend a certain amount of time in your system, you're going to be like proficient if you really invest the time and the effort. The thing is, is like the, the amount of time. So say if you, like you were saying, you were like, you train an hour a day, you train an hour a day, you train an hour a day. And then what happens is, is that that hour start, you start to get less gains from that hour mm-hmm. over time. Right. So then the, then the question has to be, well, do I want to keep doing this? Because I'm not seeing the results I was seeing. Uh-huh. So is, is it better to invest my time in something else? And I think that kind of addresses some of the things that you were saying as well, right? So maybe I address – maybe because, you know, maybe I've been practicing forms. I've been doing my forms and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not seeing the results that I was seeing before. What do I do? Maybe I change gears. Maybe I say, okay – Maybe I'm going to hit the heavy bag for a few months or maybe I'm going to do some more – I'm going to do some footwork for a few months or maybe I'm going to really work on partner training. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to work on applications. And then I'm going to come back and 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 see if doing the form has changed for me and if if I can then you know look at this other area in, in my training and instead of having a diminishing return, then you know maybe maybe that's the that's the way – to move that part of my training forward. I'm, I'm at least from a personal perspective, I, I definitely think it keeps it interesting because I think that's what you were saying as well. You know, one of the things with Chinese martial arts that I see a lot is you have to self coach almost, you know, um, when I was at Mesa, I was blessed to, we had the Wing Chun club. I want to say we met, um, this is going back, you know, 20 something years, but I'm pretty sure it was Wednesdays and Thursdays or, um, let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday. Okay, double T's. There we go. Uh, there's a day in there, Davis. Come on. It's been a good vacation, you can tell, <laughs> uh, if, if I can't do the days of the week right. So we'd meet twice a week, right, for about two and a half hours, about the same length of time uh, that we meet on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So that means that there was another five days a week where I didn't have the Wing Chun Club. So if I was going to get better – I was never going to get better, and you know, if I just kept going, I, I would, I would, I would reach a plateau faster. And maybe that's what we're talking about. Yeah, is diminishing returns with plateauing, right? Well, yeah, because I mean, that's a well, that's I mean, that's that's a sort of a symptom of a diminishing return, right? Sure. You just your 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 learning curve just flattens out, and your gain your gains diminish. My, my biceps aren't as big as they used to be. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can really you can apply this 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 concept <laughs> to like. A lot of things in life. Absolutely. For sure lifting. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it, it it required me to train on the days that I wasn't at, you know, the Wing Chun Club mm-hmm. if, to, to get proficient at it or to gain any proficiency. And, and Wing Chun was meant, you know, at least the way I was taught, it was meant to be taught fast. If it was a guerrilla art, you know, or an underground fighting system, you wanted to be able to train it 
you know, for two or three hours a day and then go to your nine to five job. Sure. And I think along the same lines, it's like, well, that that's another tool that you can use. Right. And that's the tool that a lot of people really go towards in order to like get off the plateau or to maybe increase the gains. It's like, okay, more time. I could spend more time studying. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe it's like, okay, well, if you spend an hour doing your forms and then your, you know, your, your, your improvement starts to diminish then maybe you spend two hours doing your forms and does your, does it start, does, are you seeing, does it improve the gains at that point or are you still not seeing the improvement? You know, something that I was taught by Sifu Meyer pretty soon into the uh, seminars that we'd bring him into a Mesa over there in Grand Junction. And it was, I want to say it was a second or third seminar. I've got it somewhere in my notes. But he mentioned to us, he's like, you need to look at a single-handed Wing Chun as a form in and of itself, as maybe a, a tiny microscopic system, and give it the attention. You know, not only are you looking at one or two applications that I'm giving you, but it also has a drilling method. It can also be integrated into Chi Sao. So instead of spending, you know, two or three hours or even an hour doing Sinem Tao, doing the whole form, why don't you pick a hand out of the form and work on that for an hour and do that for a week and, and put and and try to find as many contexts as you can use it in. And if you have access to the whole system, if you're doing the, the staff, the knives, the dummy, you've got chi sal, you've got entry methods and you've got partner drills, you can really tease out where you start using these one hands. And I'll, I'll tell you something else too. This is something I learned from you that I really loved uh, for my own personal mindset as far as coaching goes take a hand or a form that you you hate your nemesis mine was pow forever mm. i just wasn't getting it right um a mix between you know the forward the forward movement with the feet but also the rotation mm-hmm. in the waist it just it it wasn't dialed into my nervous system i didn't have access to it in my body and i'm like okay you're my arch nemesis i'm going to tear you apart put you back together tear you apart put you back together and train it until I started noticing the results. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is a great way to get over these plateaus, making, making goals. I mean, yeah, you might have a nine to five job, but if you love your training, yeah, that's a big thing. If you love your training, you know, even again, like I said, even if you got 20 minutes a day, do a five or 10 minute stretch, you know, mm-hmm. do 20 jumping jacks, 20 push ups, 20 sit ups, 20 squats. And then uh, pick a hand, pick a form, pick a, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And just work on that one thing. Give it, give it the love and attention it needs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, and you know, uh, I think at least in Chinese martial arts, well, at least in the internal martial arts that I practice, like that level of detail and the level of application is certainly one of the things that I've used to keep it interesting. But like you were saying, I think it also helps to sort of move beyond the diminishing returns, right? Is, is, those are the ways that you can break through those platforms, platforms, plateaus. Um, you know, the other, the other thing that I was thinking about when I was, I was, uh, applying this concept to was, um, you know, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like I know shit about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but from the outside, you know, a lot of it's very much a chess match, you know, mm. especially at the high level when you watch a lot of those, those really high level grapplers or wrestlers. I mean, you can say the same thing about, you know, any, oh. any kind of high level grappling where they're not really using forms. So, you know, using this, I 
taking this idea of breaking down the form in order to, you know, break through a plateau or understand a deeper concept or, you know, take your training in a different, in a different direction to, um, you know, sort of get over that diminishing return is not necessarily applicable to these, you know, different types of arts that don't necessarily have forms. So, you know, then, then if you, if you look at, at least from the outside, I'm not a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy. So, um, but I love it. I think it's super cool. The, uh, um, the, you know, the idea of, of, of learning more technique, this sort of, this sort of technique and counter technique, you know, is, is a lot of, um, what, you know, what I begin to see, uh, it's sort of beginning in intermediate levels of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And then, you know, it's really something else when it, when it starts to reach those higher levels. But, uh, I think it's so interesting because, you know, really at some point, and even this is just all martial arts in general, I think you, you're training to defeat other people in your style or you're training to f- defeat somebody who's in your style, but very high level. And I think this also sort of bleeds into this idea of sport. All right. Let me ask you a question then I'm going to interject in here. What if you're, what if we look at the concept of style, you know, Wing Chun is of course a short range boxing system from Southern China and it has counters in the entire system to counter itself. Mm-hmm. But it's also a short range boxing system. So one of the things that I love about grappling arts, I've done a couple of years of judo. I mentioned I'd done a couple of years of high school wrestling poorly. God bless my coaches. And then, you know, goofing around with the, with you Bagua guys, you know, you can do judo and walk into a Schweijow school and still learn something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You can do Greco-Roman wrestling and rock, walk into a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school, maybe, or maybe it's a no-gi school, and still learn something. And I think that th- there's something special about grappling that a lot of us in the striking arts haven't quite found a way to – Like, I, that's one of the things that I've been working on, not developing a system, but developing a method – to glove up with boxing gloves and transfer my Wing Chun into like a boxing scenario, mm. right? With, with a fully gloved hand. Uh, I've even goofed around with it down the road. I'll hopefully be able to do that with Shingy with certain hands and strikes. But there, there's got to be, a, I, I think there's, that's a missing gap in the striking arts. You know, I, I think Muay Thai does a little better, you know, when they can walk into a kickboxing school or they can walk into a Western boxing school. And maybe, you know, if we're just doing the strikes thing, no bows, you know, no, no throwing bows, boys, but, um, they, they can maybe have a conversation in the striking field. You know, the Taekwondo guys going over and learning some Muay Thai, they can have a conversation in the kicking field. So I also think that maybe that is a way that the styles can, I don't know, maybe less compatible and more have the conversation between each other. How are you kicking? How are you striking? How are you throwing? How are you joint locking? Mm-hmm. You know, just just a thought, just spit one. 